0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back listeners, you are listening to the UCLA Men's Basketball Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. We're your hosts David and Travis Ware and the Bruins have a great week of basketball ahead as they take on the Arizona State Sun Devils and the Arizona Wildcats. Dave, as we get this show started, what can we anticipate seeing going forward on Thursday and Saturday? Well, let's talk about Thursday night first. I think this is a matchup between two of the hottest teams in the Pac-12 currently. Uh, UCLA has won 9 of last 11, and we got the Sun Devils, who've won seven straight games. Uh, in the last meeting, uh, the Sun Devils han- handled us relatively easily. Uh, That game was in Tempe. That was before we went on to beat the Arizona Wildcats. But I think that was before we really started hitting our stride this year. The way I see us playing now is completely different than what that game was uh, against the the Sun Devils in our previous matchup. Yeah, uh, the Bruins lost their previous matchup uh, 66-84. to Again, we did not have Jalen Hill playing that game as he was out with a sprained knee. But again, undoubtedly a pretty rough go of it for the Bruins. Um, It was nice to see them bounce back against Arizona. But you know, heading into Thursday, the Bruins are going to be ready for revenge against the Sun Devils. Yeah, and the Sun Devils are going to give us all we can handle. They like to get out. They like to push the pace. Uh, Their point guard, Remy Martin, he's really good getting downhill. I think he's going to be kind of the key to stop, not letting him get going because he's a guy who's capable of scoring 30 points. He is averaging uh, 19.1 points a game and four assists per game for the Sun Devils. He's He's a dynamic player. Uh, he's capable of hitting big shots. He's capable of uh, getting hot and, and making a lot of difficult shots. But he's also turnover prone. He he tends to get a little bit out of control at times. I think if we can play really strong D on him, uh, frustrate him a little bit, he's going to be susceptible to, to taking bad shots and, and forcing stuff that um, he might not be comfortable doing, which will lead to turnovers, hopefully. Yeah, you know what? But the Bruins have have emerged as one of the best defensive teams in the Pac-12 so I think that plays into our hands, um, being able to contain him. Uh, Bruins are um, no doubt one of the better defensive teams. Um, and then it's not only Remy Martin, but there's also three other guys currently averaging double figures. In, uh Verge, who's averaging close to 15, Edwards at 11, and White at um, 10 uh, points per game and 9 rebounds per game. Yeah, Coach Hurley has been playing at a super high level. Uh, you know, this team is obviously talented. They got multiple capable scores. Uh, but the way we've been, I think, like I said before, Remy Martin is turnover prone. I think. The way we've been getting out and running in transition and getting easy buckets in transition, I think that's something, if if we're able to force early, that's going to benefit us uh, throughout the course of the game. And other than that, just really keying in, I think we're doing a better job of guarding the three-point line. I think we're we're working better as a cohesive unit, keeping guys in front, and uh, not allowing second-chance points off of offensive rebounds. Uh, But I'm looking forward to this game. I see the Bruins coming off a big win against Colorado at Colorado where we had four guys in double digits. Uh, We had Christmas with 14, Tiger Campbell with 15, Cody Riley with 16, and uh, Jake with 12. And also we had Jaime with nine points and uh, 10 rebounds. Yeah, just a well-rounded effort by all the Bruins players, and it's never easy going out you know into the Rockies and having to play, you know, Utah first coming up with a big win and then facing Colorado. Uh, two huge wins for the Bruins and you know, now we're talking about potentially being in the conversation for Pac-12 regular season champions. These last three games are going to be vital. We got three ge- or two of these teams in front of us. I think Arizona we're tied with Arizona, right? Are we tied with yes, Arizona? Yes, we're tied with Arizona and Colorado, and Arizona, and Arizona, State. Arizona State is currently standing alone at 10-4 and four, okay. uh, in first place. And then we will obviously have, if if we will have, a, for whatever reason, if we're, there's a tie at first with Colorado, we'll have the tiebreaker, because we'll we beat them twice. Uh, so yeah, and then we have SC2, who is our last game of the season, who they dropped, Um, did they drop both in Arizona? I'm not sure if they lost one. You mean Utah and Colorado. Sorry, did they lose both in Utah and Colorado? They won one. Okay, so they split. So that puts us a game in front of them. So yeah, regardless, this is a massive couple weeks uh, to finish off the regular season. That being said, I think we're playing at a really high level. I really like what I'm seeing out of Tiger Campbell, who's really, really stepped stepped up his level of play over the last um, few weeks or so. This is a guy who had 15 points against Colorado against a a really tough opponent and uh, uh, McKinley Wright who's you know who's a bulldog on the on the defensive end he'll get in you he's he's a tough he's a tough matchup but what I really like about Tiger this game he had 11 assists and only one turnover that by far is his best ratio of the season that's that's really difficult to do Um, and the the, the Pac-12 took notice and he received the Pack 12 freshman of the week for his performance last week in Utah and Colorado but overall we took we took good care of the ball across the board we had 13 assists we only had seven turnovers in 40 minutes which is awesome that's tough to do and then you know Colorado only ended up with seven assists and we were able to force them into 10 turnovers they did out rebound us which is a bit uncanny I know uh uh Beatty had a, a we had a Difficult time uh, stopping him and matching up with him and, and keeping him off of the yeah, offensive he had four, rebounds. he had four offensive rebounds by himself. But I think overall, the the thing that stood out to me that I was most impressed with in this game was the fact we were down double digits in the second half. And that is and we were able to overcome that deficit and get the dub, which is something that we haven't seen from the Bruins all year long. Yeah. Um, we have talked about this multiple times throughout the year is... When we get down double digits, we feel like we don't have the firepower to get back in the game. But what I do like is defensively, we kept our intensity up. We didn't concede once we got once they kind of went on that second half run. Well, I think it stems from the fact that now, during like we've played all these games, we have some continuity now, and we also have a little bit of an identity where we have kind of Chris Smith as our cornerstone guy. I know he didn't have a particularly great game Um, well he still played very solid he had 14 and 7 in Colorado he didn't play great in Utah when they still won but the Bruins are getting production out of Cody Riley and Jalen Hill at least one of those guys every single night Tiger Campbell has now emerged as a more aggressive point guard which is making things a little bit easier on the rest of the team and then you got guys like Jaime and Jake that are coming in and kind of spacing the floor and Hi may at least being a glue guy on both the uh, both ends of the floor, rebounding well too, rebounding really well out of his position. But then Jake comes in and steps up mm-hmm. big in Colorado and knocks down some big shots. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, and we gotta give Jules, a uh, Bernard a little shout because he played really well in Utah. He was one of the key factors in why we were able to win that game. So he's had his moments as well this year. As as much. Uh, as many up and downs he's kind of had and, and dealt with throughout the year he has had his moments where he's helped uh, lead us to victory at times so um, i just think we're playing we're kind of peaking at the right time we're coming into our own at the perfect time right late into the season where we're winning games that we should win against lesser opponents and we're also pulling out these these wins against teams that are equal with us. Equal with us as well. And and on the road, which look, is it's not easy to win two games on the road. Look, look a, mu- a month ago the Bruins were looking like they were going to finish, you know, in the bottom 3 in the Pac-12. And now flip to now and we are competing legitimately competing for a Pac-12 regular season championship. We are currently half a game out of first tied for second and we're playing our best basketball and that's especially important for us because right now we're not looking like we have a, a nc2a berth. i don't think so we would have to win out this and then have probably most likely at least i would say win the pac-12 tournament i of would not make it to the final okay um i think that the well it'd be amazing of course to go championship regular season yeah. and then get to the championship in the Pac-12 tournament. I think the Bruins will also have a shot to get into that NCAA tournament. You know, perhaps if they finish second in the Pac-12 and at least get to the championship game in the Pac-12 tournament, they'll be a bubble team because of how they're finishing off this season. Yes, and if we win, let's say we win three more games. What's our record right now? We have seven, seventeen major, and eleven. We'll, I we'll have we'll have twenty. We'll have twenty wins. Which is huge. Yeah, I mean that's kind of one of those things where if you have twenty wins, you're you're, you're taking in con- you're, you're in t- contention yeah. for getting people a, take you serious for yeah. getting a berth into the into the NC two A tournament. So that that'll look good on our resume, especially if Colorado is being talked about as a four or five seed and they only have twenty one wins. Um, granted, they have some more, uh, they have better RPI wins. I think they beat like Dayton and a couple other yeah. teams. I mean, our our pre-conference schedule will not help us at all. No, because you we know, lost and we lost big too. We times. lost big. We lost to some bad teams, but you know, if they are looking at the conference and what we the body of work that we put together in conference and how this team has now transformed itself, and it's not the same team that we saw mm. preseason and in the first few games of conference. It's a completely different team. Yeah, and I think we have a lot to to a lot of credit to give to Coach Cronin as well, who's been sticking to his guns, sticking to his philosophies and and really not putting up with anything that goes against his game plan, that goes against his philosophy yeah. in terms of he's always gonna be defense defensive minded first. You make a mistake on defense, you're coming right out of the gaunt, right out of the game. Yeah. He's holding guys accountable. And the guys are buying into that. At least that's what it seems like. And I think you know, having a little bit, t- having a little taste of success as a team, it only encourages the players to buy in more. Uh, so, heading into the, you know, remaining few games, I'm very optimistic that, you know, the Bruins could potentially win out. I also think, and you know how it is, uh, when you get a little success and you start reaching the end of season and you're talking about tournament play and potentially competing for a, a first place finish in conference, you uh, you start to buy into the team first. You're not as worried about your individual numbers. Uh, you're doing the little things: the diving on the ground, the making the extra passes, the the keying in extremely hard on your defensive matchup and scattering a port. Everything becomes so team oriented when it when a, a title is on the line, and it becomes much less individual statistic. Um, Yeah, but focus is no longer on that. Yeah, and I think that's something something that sometimes young guys struggle with is they want to go out and individually play extremely well because Mm -hmm. they have aspirations of continuing their career professionally. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you and I could probably vouch for this, like having gone through the college ranks and then played professionally. When the team is successful, everyone eats. Like individuals become you know more uh attractive um because team success always leads to you know individual accolades exactly your, your team has to be successful first to be taken seriously exactly it's it's much better to be a role player on a great team than to be a, the best player on a really bad team yeah every day of the week that that gets you m- much more noticed and, and I think that's what it's about. I think a lot of guys are start. I think all the guys are buying into that now. Yeah, and so, they're playing with a lot of confidence, and that's what you need at this point point in this point of the season. Yeah. yeah, so there's no doubt that Thursday night's game is going to be a much wa- uh a must-watch game between two of the hottest teams in the Pac-12. Uh, Bruins having won nine of their last eleven, and Arizona has also won nine of their last eleven, but have also won seven in a row. Um, so it'd be really nice to actually hand these Sun Devils a loss and we could potentially take sole ownership of that for, and we could, the Bruins could be in first place on Thursday night if, you know, they beat Arizona and uh, Oregon needs to lose and Colorado needs to lose. Yeah. So, Let's, let's move on and talk a little bit about the, the matchup on Saturday evening against the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, this is a game that, you know, the first matchup in Tucson, we held them to their lowest scoring game of the year. I think they only finished with 50 points. Uh, that was a game where we saw Nico Mannion really struggle against Tiger Campbell. I think Tiger's quickness, and uh, I, th- I thought... Uh, especially Tiger was very focused in that game. Uh, Nick he took he took Nico out of that game completely. He had one of his worst games of the oh, year. Oh yeah, he, Nico was only two of fourteen from the field, one of five from the three point line. Really um, struggled. Just five, finished with five points, two rebounds, zero assists, three turnovers. So I think they, from a guy that's potentially a first round pick. Um, listen, he's extremely talented. I've watched him play a lot. I like his game. He has a great feel for uh, the pick-and-roll situations. He pushes the ball well in transition. He fi- He's able to make really difficult passes. He's able to shoot from deep NBA range. Yeah. Uh, with ease at times, um, he's a, he's a difficult guard. But if we play that same type of defense and take him out of the game, they really struggle because they don't have too many other guys on that team that are able to facilitate the offense. Nico has a lot on his shoulders in yeah. terms of keeping the other guys involved, and when you take him out of the game, they really struggle. You, they also have another cat. You know, you hear the name Josh Green Josh. tossed out a little bit as a potential NBA first rounder. <clears throat> he John- didn't. he. he he himself didn't play well. Well, Josh Green has had a really up-and-down year. There's games where he looks like a, a pro, and there's games where he looks like he needs to be in college for three, four more years because he just, one, he's labeled as a shooter, but he's not shooting the ball great. He's had games where he can't. I think he's only shooting about 30% from three. Uh, he's super athletic. He has the size and the strength to play at the next level, and he has all the makings to be a really good uh, 3 and defensive guy in the NBA. Um, think like a think like a Norman Powell kind of very similar player to Norman. How he was as a freshman year, as a freshman. But you know, I think the key with with Josh is we can't let him hit his first couple of shots. If he misses his first shots, he's going to start pressing a little bit. I've watched him numerous times this year, and when he makes his first couple of shots, he has really good games. His confidence gets up. He, he's, he's, re- he's, he's really, he's engaged. He's, he's engaged. He's always engaged. He always plays hard. Defensively, he's really tough too. He gets his hand on a lot of balls. He's able to stay in front a lot, but we just, with Josh Green, we can't allow him to knock down his first couple of shots or else he's capable of having a big night. And let's not forget about uh, their big fellas, Ignasi inside. He's, He's a guy who's averaging, I think, close to you know, 17, 18 points a game and as long as eight or nine rebounds. But I think the key to guarding him is, one, he likes to pick and pop a little bit more in face-up. I feel like he's much more comfortable facing up to the basket and knocking down that face-up jump shot. When he does go inside, uh, just be physical with him. Make him feel it because I think in the games I've watched him play – And he tries to back down guys who are playing physical. He tends to get some travel calls and and not capitalize on the hook. He wants to get to a turnaround jump shot. Um, And the other big thing, too, is keeping him off of the offensive glass. That's where he gets a lot of points. He gets a lot of his... uh, um, easy buckets just off of offensive rebounds after nico drives to the lane or josh green drives to the lane and our bigs uh rotate over to try and get those blocks so we're gonna have to cro- crack down on him keep him off the offensive glass and then just be physical with him when he gets it on the block and tries to post up if we do two th- those two things against him we're capable of keeping him uh to a relatively quiet night all right that's good insight right there Um, So the Bruins are taking on the Sun Devils Thursday night, 8 p.m., and then the Arizona game is on Saturday at 6 p.m. in Pauley Pavilion. So I'm anticipating two W's coming up. um, It would be nice to be sitting at the top of the uh, ladder solo. With one game left in the season. So we have a head-to-head matchup of... Two Coach of the Year candidates on Thursday night with Mick Cronin and Bobby Hurley. Should be a great game. So if you're in town, make sure you go to that game. And if you're not, make sure you tune in and support your Bruins. We appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, Until next time, go Bruins. Go Bruins.